All right, the Audible's back on the air. We're minus one man. It's me and John Kajemi here. And we're our boy Joe Rose. I have no idea. I'm I think it's a vacation day for Joe. You know what? I think he's due. I yeah. think Bowie's due a vacation day or two. I don't know how he comes in. He does that radio show. It gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day and then rolls in here and does a podcast with us. I'm surprised he doesn't miss more often, but uh, anyway, we'll we'll uh, we'll struggle on we'll That's struggle right. on without him. Well, how are it, we going to finish the show without Joe? I, I don't know. Everything's I don't gonna know. We're not gonna, him. We're not going to be able to tell people how to you know how to you know, how to how to access how to us. go to TuneIn Radio. That's right. You know how to get the Miami Dolphins mobile app. app so they can hear it. He'll or, drop or in. Find soon. that podcast on Dolphins.com or Apple Music or some of those. We're not going to be able to get that out. That's we're not okay. Have people That's know all right. That. We're gonna you know we'll let him pay we'll for it next week. We'll limp along. But I tell you what, we are going to do, John. I got a chance to. To catch up with the, the first round draft pick, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and um, but I, I, you know what, you, you always hear a lot of different things about draft choices and this and that. I don't think I've heard anything bad about. Uh, I don't think anyone said, "Hey, that that wasn't a good pick," or they should have gone somewhere else. Or you reach. I heard one guy <laughs> said, "Well, I probably would maybe maybe would have taken Derwin Jones at that time or James whatever at that time," and uh, I thought, "No, no, I think we're pretty good with." I'm pretty Minka, good where we're at. That guy's a solid player. When, yeah. when we were talking about who's going to fall where, we always said and we always predicated our, our responses by where are the quarterbacks going to fall. Yeah. Well, three of them ended up going. And four of them ended up in that 10th pick yeah. with Arizona coming up and getting Rosen. That was probably the only decision the Dolphins had to make. Are they going to go up and allow somebody to take that spot or without you know bidding for yep. it and trying to get there at 10 to take a quarterback? Or are they going to let a guy that they probably had the highest ranked on their board at that time fall to the Miami Dolphins? And that's exactly what happened. They get a quality starter for a lot of years yep. wearing a Miami Dolphin uniform that played with a national, two national championship teams in Alabama. He won every award yep. known to mankind as a defensive back, played multiple positions, was probably coached arguably by the best college yep. football coach in a long time in Nick Saban, so, and he's been coached tough. Yep, and that, that coach, Saban, has been touting him as yes. the best player in a draft. If you pass up on this guy, you're, you're missing out you're, on a very good player. That's so, right. You know, I, I think, look, any one of those quarterbacks, had they fallen to the Dolphins at 11, there would have been questions about every one of them. You know, um, why? We, yes, he can Baker do this. Baker Mayfield, but yeah, but he's a little short. This guy, but Josh you know, but his attitude. Yeah, his I'm attitude. Sure. Josh Allen, well, his accuracy is not. Right. They, they all had warts on him somewhere. You can't find a wart on this kid. This no. kid does it all, and and like you said, I, I think you know. So I forget who it was that said he's like a uh, like a Swiss Army knife. Yes. You, you put him back there anywhere and, and let him play. And there was probably three guys in the draft, in the probably the top ten, or yeah. we'll count the Dolphins, the eleven picks at the top of the draft with it didn't have warts. Can't, can't miss guys. Okay, you got Barkley up top, yep. you got Chubb that goes to Denver, yep. and I think it's this guy. And, and, and you could probably and throw Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson, the guard probably throw there. him in there too. But, so, but those are the guys that just pristine, man. Yes. You can't. The positional players, yeah. not uh, excluding quarterback, yeah. those are the guys that you go, you can't miss yeah. in this draft at the top. Yeah, and, and you know, you start looking at the secondary, we're at the draft uh, party at, at Hard Rock Stadium, who by the by the way was a really a great night. A lot of good fans out there came out to to support. Was it was fun. really really a fun evening. Uh, so we want to thank the fans for that they did come out and participate in that. Uh, but but you go through that and, you, and you're looking at all these different people uh, that are about to come up and, and go. And I, and I don't think anybody left disappointed uh, with that pick. And uh, but it was it, it was it was the draft went, thought the draft was going to be different yeah. this year at least at first round. Uh, and initially, it looked like it was just kind of falling into place, and, and then all of a sudden, it, it kind of you know kind of 
started spinning out of control. You know what's funny about the draft parties? We've been doing them now for a long time. Yeah. Joe and, and you and I were sitting on the stage and we're talking about who's going to get picked and why they're going to get picked. And we're mixing in interviews and alumni and current players. Always our fans. They've got one or two names yep. that, you know, we're going to go with him. We're on board. Yep. Everybody's yelling and don't take a quarterback. <laughs> what are you guys are crazy if you don't take yeah. a quarterback? It's, it's one or the other. Yeah. But when the announcement came that we took Minka Fitzpatrick, it was kind of like, ah, yeah, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. we'll take him. You know, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Once it sank in, because I don't think any Dolphin fan felt like this guy was going to be available. Well, I think there were probably people. That, I think there were a lot of people that, if they weren't really paying attention to the draft, figured that the guy had already come and gone. Or be, yeah, because he was going to be he was going to be know, gone by six or seven. Or yes, eight. yeah. So you're probably, oh, geez, that guy was still there, and we got him. That's pretty good. The, the other thing I think you know we had the chance to have Bobby McCain and uh, and, and Walt Aikens up on the stage a little bit. And it just, as we went through the night and the draft choice came up, and I'm thinking of, you know, Walt Aiken back there. I'm thinking of, of, Bobby. of Bobby McCain. I'm thinking of Tony Lippett coming right. back. I'm thinking of Tank. I'm thinking of Xavier. Thinking of, and thinking, man, you know what? You throw this guy in the middle. That, that's a, not only is it going to be a very talented secondary, but there's going to be some depth there. You know You're going what? to have some guys that, you guys are going to go down and guys are going to need to play special teams. But I think the depth situation in the secondary, probably, John, and maybe talent-wise, probably as good as we've seen around this this team in, in a long, long time. Where do you feel the fall-off is when you look at a football team and all of a sudden injuries occur? Yep. It's either in the secondary where they get exposed or the offensive line yep. where you don't have enough depth. You don't have enough quality yep. starters and or that sixth or mm -hmm. seventh guy to step in so the level of play doesn't drop significantly. I think that's what you get when you have the luxury yep. of picking Fitzpatrick at 11 to add to a secondary with all those names you talked about, there's young guys, there's yep. seasoned guys in there. You know, you got Xavier that's only getting better. Yep. You've got Tankersley that is probably his best years are ahead of him. Yes. They're not behind him. They're well ahead of him because he's just learning the game as a pro. And you've got Lippitt coming back mm -hmm. for injury that went through all those learning curves yep. as a, a wide receiver at Michigan State and a defensive back now in the NFL full-time. So you, you've got a, a, a ton of talent, but young talent, yep. that are at different stages in, in the secondary. That's why I think a guy with the accolades of a Fitzpatrick, national championships under his belt, yep. All-American, All-SEC, every big game, Thorpe Award, Bignaric winner, you, you can name it. Nine interceptions in the career, four of them go the other way for mm -hmm. touchdowns. He can put points on the scoreboard if, he, if he's anticipating routes and reading routes. So when he gets that learning curve at, from Alabama to the pros, which is a lot shorter than maybe some other places, yeah. he'll be ready to contribute right away. Well, and John, I, I think you look at this draft, and, and we'll go through the, go through the picks here. Uh, but I think you go through this draft, John, and I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's off base to say that you're going to have Definitely two starters. Definitely two starters in Fitzpatrick and Gusecki, the tight end. Uh, and this Durham Smythe is going to play because he's he's going to you know he's a big, strong, physical guy. He's going to play. I, I think you're going to get four guys here at least that are going to be big contributors. Now a couple of them may be rotation guys, but I still think they're going to play enough to impact your team. And you certainly got two guys. <clears throat> and John, it, it, it reminds. And I've been saying this. I've been saying this really all this off season. I really thought the last two drafts were pretty good too, you know. And, oh, absolutely. And, and, and so you start Take stacking a look at those up, names. and 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 it, it kind of takes me back to. So I came here in 1976. At that time, the 72 undefeated. I played with. I came in with a lot of those guys: 
but they were in the twilight of their career. And the, the team was, you know, it wasn't playing at the level. that They'd had a, a draft or so that wasn't, didn't really quite, you know, hit. Meet up hit, the standards. Yeah, really didn't hit what they, what they wanted. And then uh, my, my draft came, and, and, and Larry Gordon was the first pick in the, uh, for our first pick. I was right behind him. We drafted Duriel Harris and some other guys. And guys that, that, were, that, that made the team and stayed. Back then we had 17 rounds. Then the next year, A.J. Dewey, Bob Baumhauer. You know, you get those guys come in. Line some front-line starters. Other. So that year, we, I remember that year we played the St. Louis Rams, or the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, on a Thanksgiving day up in St. Louis. And we started four rookies on defense against them and, and, be, and beat them up pretty good and, and played four rookies, you know, for, for the most of the, a, lot, a lot of the year. And then after that, then we got the Dwight Stevensons and the Tony Nathans. And so the point I'm making is, and I know there's a lot of people, well, geez, these guys are unfun, Paul, or they're not, you know, they're unproven, this and that. But, but, but you're doing what happened then. You had three or four drafts. You put three drafts together where you're getting two, three, four guys to contribute. All of a sudden you look around and you go, man, we got a good football team. And we got to, and, and these guys are going to be here and gonna for a while because they're young. They're young and, and they're they, playing. They, they got a lot early. of tread on their tires, right. and, and you're going to get the best sound. So I'm kind of looking at this and feeling very similar to what it felt like back then. And then you go on a run there where this team was a team was a playoff team, AFC Championship games, Super Bowls, really into the 90s. And so if you can get that momentum going with these te- these these three drafts and keep moving forward, you know I, I think you're putting. Uh, you know, look. Obviously, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a pro dolphin well, guy. We're but you're, but you're building you're building what seems to be a very solid foundation on draft choices that are good, young, aggressive, yeah. and are going to be around for a while. You, that's the way you build stability in a franchise through the draft. Everybody knows that you can you know cover some warts in free agency, but if you don't hit in the draft like the Dolphins have over the last two years, and then add a third draft class yeah. to that, now you're building consistency. Now that you're building the way the you know, coaches aren't going anywhere, the players yep. aren't going anywhere, the systems in all three phases yep. of the game stay the same. That's where you build continuity in your in your organization. Mm-hmm. The, the players know each other better. They know what what what's good at practice yep. and what's good not good enough at practice. You start to create standards from the young guys in building up, yep. and that's where you you know quite frankly weed out some that you that just don't fit anymore. Yep. And, and, and I think that's good because. If you're going to win, if you're going to challenge to win double-digit victories in the National yeah. Football League on a consistent basis, there's only a handful of teams that are yeah. doing that. But if you can challenge to get into the playoffs every year, that that bubble goes to yeah. maybe 14 or 15 or 16 teams where now you're going, hey, we got a shot yeah. this year. You know, if we play well, if we win a couple games that are those yeah. 50-50 games, comes down to a last possession score, last possession, get off the field on defense, last possession, kick a field goal yep. to win. Now you're in games, and that's what happened two years ago when the Dolphins won 10 games. Yep. And, you, and you touched on a little bit in that conversation, John, too. You, you talked about coaching staffs, too. You t- and look, coaching staffs are going to change every year. They're, they're gonna, bits and you know, pieces. Advance, bits and pieces, but you, you got to keep – and you look at the teams, you talk about a handful of teams that win 10 games a year or are always in that right. – the Pittsburgh Steelers, what do they have? Continuity at the top. Management Same, all the way management, through. Management, coach, scouts, head coach, everybody. And, and 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 look, they hit a rocky road. They don't they don't panic. They don't know. Oh, let's you know. Let's shit can everybody here. Right. Let's start over again. No, no, we're gonna stay with our. You look at Dallas, same, same type way. of thing. You look at the New York Giants, same type of New thing. England you look at New England, same type of thing. Right. San Francisco Green for Bay. a long time. Green Bay, same type. Of so thing. so that to me, as much as the players, 
and you got to have patience with the players. This, this South Florida needs to be patient with Adam Gaze and his staff. Look, I don't know what this year is going to hold. you got a lot of young guys out there playing. Who knows? They could go out and win 10 games. They could win 11 games. They could go out and win four games or six games. That doesn't mean that it's broken. It just means that you've got to be patient and let everything come together. That's right. You know, I, I was came in a situation where, you know, you're following, you know, a, a team that went undefeated. Hall of Famers. Two Super Bowls, Hall of Famers, yeah. Don Shula and everything. You know, and I'm not saying that this team can't be, build that kind of legacy going forward, but you, you can't do it if you're going to pull the rug out of a guy every three years. And it's a shorter window. Unless you're fortunate enough to have Aaron Rodgers or Tom yeah. Brady or – uh, you know, that type of person that's going to persevere and is going to be on that franchise, the face of the franchise for 10 plus yep. years, your windows are shorter. So the Miami Dolphins are in a window now that if they can add to the last two draft classes, even though last year was a six win season, the year before they won all those tight games yep. to get to 10 wins. Yep. It, it could be it's a fine line. It, between, it's a yeah, fi- yeah. very fine line yep. because this football team last year wasn't that far off or yep. it wasn't that much more removed yeah. than the team that won 10 games. Just they never won those types of well, games. Well, you take Minka for Fitzpatrick. One tip ball at any one of those games right. changed the whole complexion Jerome of the game. Jerome Baker, one tip ball on yeah. a third down, breakup yeah. on a tight end or a tackle, yeah. and, and not a not a hit, and you get to move the chains first yeah. down, you're off the field. Yeah. Those, or Gasicki gets a third down catch. Yeah. To keep He's the able drive to keep going, the yeah. drive alive. You need those impact players, and I think at the top of the draft, for the Miami Dolphins, yeah. you have impact players. Yeah, no doubt. And, and obviously, the, the guy that, that comes in, we talked about him a lot, Micah Fitzpatrick. I, I, think, I think everybody's excited to be here. He certainly sounds excited to be here. Let's hear what he had to say. All right, so now we uh, welcome to the Audible, uh, Miami Dolphins' number one draft pick, Micah Fitzpatrick. And Micah, first of all, uh, welcome to the Miami Dolphins. And uh, how'd that whole experience go for you, that whole draft experience? Hey, thank thank you for uh, for having me be part of the team. Um, but you know, it, it was a whole lot of fun. The draft was uh, out there with my family, uh, a couple of my friends. Uh, we just out there, just having a good time, enjoying uh, the city. And then, uh, you know, it was just a waiting game, really, just waiting to hear your name called. And once my name was called, I got a phone call, and I just I'm ready to go to work. Just ready to uh, go down there and, and and do what I do. How was the whole process once you once you finished uh, with your your college football career at Alabama? Uh, and then all of a sudden came the the recruiting, the the, the trips, the the pro days, the combine, all the things that came along with that. Uh, how did you did you enjoy that? Did it get a little annoying after a while? And did did it get to be too much, or was it something you just kind of absorbed and just uh, just took advantage of the whole thing? Oh, um, it was something I just I just really tried to enjoy, you know, because you know it can be it can be tedious, it can be tiring, but there's a whole lot of people that want to be in their shoes, and it's honestly it's a blessing to to be in this situation because, um, you know, I could, I could be a whole, a whole lot of other places. But, you know, uh, like I said, there's a lot of people that, that really want to be there. And the whole, there's a whole lot of people that deserve to be there that, that couldn't. So I just tried to enjoy every every single moment of it um, and just go along with it, have fun with it. Just I tried to soak up as much as I could from all the people I was meeting, uh, all the hands I was shaking and stuff like that. So I was just doing everything I could just to enjoy the whole process. Now you, you don't mind you don't mind coming down here and being in warm weather. You know you could have been up in Buffalo or Green Bay or somewhere like that where it's a little little more chilly. You, you gonna be all right with it being warm down here? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be perfectly fine with it being warm. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty easy question to answer. Hey, let, let's talk yeah. about let's talk about you uh, as a football player. Um, 
safety, cornerback. You know, you've been described as a guy that can really do play anywhere in the secondary. Where is it that you feel most comfortable? Um, I'm I'm comfortable out there playing playing football. It uh, it really doesn't matter to me. And uh, you know, I talked to the coaches and they pretty much gave me the same answer. I said, "What position I'm gonna be playing?" And they said, "Football player." And uh, you know, that's this is wherever I'm needed as where I feel comfortable as long as I'm getting reps in practice. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be good. You know, I did it a whole lot in Alabama. Uh, just moving around, going place to place. But you know, obviously Miami, they're not gonna have me do that. They're just gonna have me at one position. Um, and then maybe later on, just move me, move me around after I get more comfortable. But, um, you know, it's, it's wherever I'm needed at, that's where I'm going to be comfortable at. So if I'm getting reps there, I'm going to be good. So many multiple receiver sets in the NFL, same as it is in, in college these days. And so, so more times than not, you're going to be in a nickel, maybe even a dime package, which is going to give you an opportunity to play a little outside, a little inside, and do different things. And uh, from everything I hear, you're, you're pretty comfortable really at any one of those spots, whether you're outside on somebody or, or, or playing in the slot or doing whatever you need to do in there, um, it seems like they, they all fit your game to a T. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, like, like you just said, um, the game is, is changing. You're you have to be able to move around, especially if you want to cover the, cover the team's best receiver. You know, the, the best receiver usually moves around a whole lot. So, um, so if you can move around and you could – find him wherever he is and you could cover him wherever he's at it kind of gives you an advantage because a lot of times if you have a great corner there the offense is going to move their best receiver on the inside try and get him away from the corner put him on the, the, the slot guys but if um if you can move from the corner to the inside to to the box you know you, that, that that receiver can't get away from you yeah, well, one of the things that this team has talked about a lot during this offseason is covering tight ends and, and i got a feeling that that's going to be something that uh, that uh, they're certainly going to try to get you involved in. Uh, have you done a lot in that in the past in college? Have you have you played against sometimes guys that are a little bigger than you and, and you kind of have to try to work around them and muscle them around a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this, especially this, uh, this past season, um, I had to do that whole lot. I played in the uh, like the money the money backer position, uh, which is like where you come in the box and you cover the tight ends, uh, the, the fourth receiver, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I had, I, had, I had some experience doing that this past season and, and I had to put on some weight uh, covering those bigger guys, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I got the job done. Now, you played in a couple of big games at Alabama. They're, they're, they're known to play in a couple of big games every year. You, uh, you've, you've been on the big stage a lot in uh, championship games, national championship games, SEC championship games, big primetime Saturday night games or whenever you played. How, how do you think that's prepared you to come into uh, a, a league here that uh, – that, that gets so much exposure and that, that so many people keep their eyes on? Um, I think, like you said, being in that spotlight, it kind of prepared me for the uh, the NFL um, in the sense of all the media attention and all the uh, extras that come with it. You know, Alabama is almost like a professional team because Alabama Alabama has no, uh, no professional hockey, baseball, football. All it has is Alabama football and Auburn football in the South. So, so um so like like I was saying, it's just like a professional team out here. So you know we kind of get all that attention that all the other teams will be receiving. So it's kind of um, like you said, just prepare me uh, with all the extra stuff on the field and off. I haven't been to Alabama in a while. Is Alabama still rated, still considered number two in the state of Alabama to Auburn? Number two, man, we ain't number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let me ask you: Have you while you're in Tuscaloosa, you ever run across my friend Bob Baumhauer? He used to play here. Yeah, yes, I, I have. I, um, I believe so. You had his chicken wings? 
I never been there. Actually, I drove past it yesterday. And I thought oh. about going uh, going there, but I, I never had it before. Well, you got to go check him out. I'll give call. I'm gonna give Bob a call when I get done with you and make sure that he knows you're around there, so you can stop by and check him out sometime. I don't even know where you in New yes, Jersey sir. now, or are you in Alabama? No, I'm I'm Alabama right now. Okay. Hey, uh, speaking about Alabama, um, Nick Saban, um, clearly one of the great college coaches of all time, uh, but he's a guy that. Uh, you know, he's known as a defensive back coach, and he's uh, certainly touted you as, as one of the great players that he's had uh, in that secondary at Alabama. Um, with Nick's knowledge, and what, what, what did he do to help you become the best player you can be? He coached me hard, and, and, and that was it. <laughs> he was just being himself, and, and you know, he, he really instilled. He don't mind letting you know when you're doing something wrong, does he? Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. I said he doesn't mind letting you know when you're doing something wrong, right? Oh no, he he'll let you know right away in front of everybody, and, and <laughs> it, that that don't matter. <laughs> you know, um, you know, he's just he, he's just a tough a tough coach on you, but it's only because you know it's how good you could be, and um, you know, he just he really instills the discipline and and uh and the thoroughness and everything that you do, and it translates on the field. Well, you I mean, you look at him, and he is a tough coach, and we we've seen him around here certainly in Miami. Uh, but the one thing about a coach like that, you, you look back now that your college career is done and you, you kind of look back on it, man, you guys won a lot of big games and, and you had a lot of success there. And, you know, sometimes having that tough coach that, 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 that demands a lot from you, the, the payday is, is just that, win, winning a lot of big games and, and being in a lot of huge big games. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, a lot of people could say that, you know, their, their, their coach was their best friend or, or their coach was uh, – um, easy on them, but at the end of the day, it's not getting them better. It's not uh, allowing them to win games and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I appreciate everything Coach Segment has done for us as a team, uh, as players. You know, all the players appreciate him for being so hard on us because, like I said, it just gets us better at the end of the day. Hey, as, as a New Jersey kid, uh, what got you to Alabama? Um, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Coach Saban and just overall overall program is just a great program. Um, you know, and then it's a uh, uh, this is a different culture down here uh, when it comes to uh, the academics, the athletics, everything is just um, there's always a constant demand for excellence and there's always a challenge at, at hand. So I just felt like, um, just coming here, I knew I was going to become the best possible version of myself, uh, as I after I left. Hey, uh, growing up in New Jersey, I know, I know you were, you were, was it Hurricane Sandy that you guys got affected by? It was Irene, Hurricane Irene. Irene, and you had some pretty pretty bad damage. You had what? You had a lot of flooding and stuff. What 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 happened with your your living experience up there? Um. So what happened was the uh, the foundation. So the water came in into the uh, came into the house like a basement. It flooded in the basement. Flooded like the first level of our house, and then the foundation of the house collapsed. So um, the house was pretty much can, you couldn't live in it because it could have fell at any time. Um, like half of my town was like underwater. It was, uh, it was it was pretty bad. So, you know, I was with me and my family were without for a little while, um, but you know we just stuck together and got it all done. We got we got back to where we needed to be. Was it was there any point where that affected your decision about playing, not playing? Maybe I should stick around. Maybe I should be with my family. All the things that kind of go through your mind when when some kind of d- disaster like that befalls you. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. Um, there was a time I told my parents I was going to a private school and it was expensive and. And my parents were both working a whole bunch of different jobs. I was working. Um, so, you know, it was just tough on everybody. Uh, and I just told them, like, you know, I'm just not going to go to school no more. I'm not going to play football no more. I'm just going to work and uh, help my family out and just uh, and just help just provide, you know, 
because uh, I didn't want to just be going to school, getting an education and all that while my family was out working all day. So, so, I, so I just told them, I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to play no more. And, uh, but they, they, they quickly set that down and, uh, you know, they allowed me to, to continue to go to school and, and play football. So it was definitely worth the, uh, the, the, the sacrifice. What do you want to accomplish coming in here? You, you expecting to be a starter? Um, do, do you have that thought in your mind? You're just going to come in and see where things take you and, and work. I know you're going to work as hard as you can and, and try to get as much as you can out of this um, but uh, this first year. But what, what do you think coming in as a rookie? Um, what are your expectations? Um, just coming in, I'm, I'm expecting to just go in there and work hard. You know, I'm not expecting to just be handling the starting job. I'm not expecting to come in and uh, – you have everything in front of me. I'm, I'm just going. I'm just going there. Work for everything, and uh, I'm going there compete. Establish myself as a uh, as a respectful, a respectable player. Uh, Establish myself as one of the top DBs on the team, and uh, wherever it goes from there, that's where it goes. And then, of course, you know, you want to win, win as many games as you can, and eventually win the uh, win, win the ring. Yeah, you got some room for you. I noticed that you got some room in your fingers there. You, you you let everyone know about that. Got some room for some more rings, right? Yeah, yes, sir. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, um, you know, I think one of the coming out of the draft after the draft, one of the things that kind of really got around town was uh, you, you and uh, you, you reading the letter that your your mother uh, wrote for you uh, about the experience. And uh, it, it, it had to be pretty tough for you to read it. I'm sure the first time you read it, you kind of brought tears to your eyes. And I'm sure it it it, uh, it was uh, it was an emotional read when you did it uh, and, and put it on Facebook or wherever it showed up. I know I saw it a couple places, but that that was a pretty uh, a pretty nice heartfelt thought from your mother, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was awesome receiving that from her. Uh, you know, it was a. It was just uh, very emotional. The night before, we had uh, we had talked, and she had told me about just everything she had been through when she was having me, and what she was uh, just going, what she was pregnant with me, and and uh, you know, it was an emotional uh, letter, especially uh, like I said, just after what she had told me uh, that the, the night before. So it was just uh, it was just awesome and very heartfelt. And uh, it did get a little emotional towards uh, towards the end. Well, good good stuff, man. Good stuff. And we're looking forward to you to getting down here and and getting to work. You know, you had a chance to meet the the coaching staff, Coach Gaze, and, and the rest of the guys, and, and your defensive back coach. Um, how, how did you feel about that uh, that that relationship? I know it was kind of a you kind of been on a little bit of a whirlwind trip when you were down for that, but um, what were you able to get out of that and and, and get a feel for? Uh, the staff that you're going to be dealing with? Um, the crazy thing is, I, I talked to them twice before they had drafted me. I talked to them at the combine. I talked to the DB coach, uh, Tony Oden, one time uh, on the phone. I think I talked to the scout for like five minutes. It was a regular scout question. But, um, but you know, it kind of came as a surprise to me. But after that, they had all called me. Uh, yesterday, I talked to the to the, um, to the owner, to the coach, uh, Coach Gates. And um, you know, we were just getting a feel from each other. What we expect from me coming in, and uh, and, that, and that was really it. It was um, you know, he's just ready for me to get down there, as well as I am. I just get down there and, and do what I do. You know, Mr. Ross got some extra cash, so make sure you get yours. I, I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna work that. Hey, um, let me talk. Let me ask you this last question for you. Uh, you New New Jersey guy, parents in New Jersey. Were they hoping you'd uh, you'd, you'd hook up with the Jets or the Giants? Um. You know, we love we love New Jersey, but New Jersey is uh it's not it's not actually let, let me not say that. Uh and I was you'd have been happy anywhere, you know, New Jersey's our home state. <laughs> New Jersey's our home state, so it was been uh it's been cool playing back there. You know, I have a lot of family there, a lot of uh a lot of people that you know have been there from the beginning. Uh 
with me. So it's always really been cool just being able to uh, play out there. That's right. It's a short flight down to uh, it's a short flight down to South Florida, and South Florida is a lot more enjoyable than than uh, than New Jersey. Although New Jersey's not bad, but it's, it's not South Florida. So I'm sure they're going to look forward to the trips coming down here for a little weekend for the games down here. It'll be nice. Yes, sir, for sure. All right. Hey, Mick, uh, congratulations again on uh, on being drafted by the Dolphins. Uh, you had an outstanding college career. Really, you know, and uh, I know everyone here with this franchise is so happy to have you here and expecting a lot of a lot of big things out of you. We're looking forward to meeting you when you come down in person. And I uh, just want to thank you for spending a little time with us here today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, and John, you had a chance to listen to him, had a chance to, to speak to him here on the, on the program. Good kid, wow. solid background, and you know what I like? He, he got a little, he's not an in-your-face cocky guy, but the one thing I liked about him that he said from the beginning, hey, I got a couple rings, but I got, I got room for he's more right, in my fingers. Good. I need to fill this hand up. I want to go to the other hand. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. Exactly. And you're get, you can do it when you have players like that. When you start stacking up quality players that have played in the big games and that don't have any of those signs that say gives you any hesitation that why you would want him on this football yep. team. I think that's why Chris Greer and Mike Tannenbaum and Adam Gase, they were able to go, hey, this is easy for us. Yep. You know, this guy's going to fall to 11. We've got an instant starter for as long as he's a mm -hmm. Miami Dolphin. As long as we can find a way to make our defense better and the players that we have on the roster find it, those chess pieces and moving them yep. around for certain situations or schemes or different teams you're playing against, that guy's going to be one of the guys yeah. that other teams are going to circle and say, we have to game plan for him. I was happy to see that his name called. And I think I almost jumped up and down when I heard Mike Gesicki's name called because, yeah. you know, that was the guy we, we had talked about in the show that, you know, there, there's no question that this team needed uh, a tight end that can go down the field. And I've heard these people, oh, he can't block. Bullshit, I don't care. I don't care if he can block or can't block. You need a guy to score points. You need a guy to move the chains. And this guy is athletic of a guy that was in the draft. I mean, you watch him, you know, watch him slam dunking basketballs, played volleyball, um, great hands, goes up for the football. I, I couldn't have been more pleased with, with that pick in the he, draft. He's a long strider. You mentioned all the attributes about being able to get off the ground yep. and, and win uh, contested yep. passes in the air. Usually he's going to come down with it. I've watched him play all last season, and the one thing that he does do is he's going to put himself in between the football and the defensive back yep. or the linebacker or the corner, whoever that is, wherever he's lined up, if he's flexed out, he's going to be able to, to do that because of his athletic yep. nature, because of that basketball box-out type of mentality or that volleyball get off the ground and come down with a little velocity. He comes down with the football on those 50-50 throws, which is so awesome to see. And I think the Dolphins haven't had a guy like that at tight end in yeah. such a long time. You mentioned the inability to block. We've got others, hopefully, yeah. on this roster that we'll get to maybe in a little bit that can block. Uh, so I'm not so worried about that. Yeah. Another thing this does, Boa, it gives Adam Gase the opportunity to go into traditional sets with another tight end or go with Gasicki yep. and split them outside. So you vary whether you're in red zone, whether you're crossing the 50, whether you're coming out, you put more pressure on defenses because you can do that many more things with this type of personnel. Well, you look at how many times um, Adam moved out. Um, what's our tight end from last Julius year? Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas. Put him out in situations where he was a mismatch. And the mismatch worked. was there. It was there, but he just couldn't make the connection. Either he short-armed the ball or didn't catch it or whatever, this or right. that. And, and so you can see 
how that's going to work with a guy like this. This guy will catch the ball. This guy will go after the ball. This guy, I don't see this guy getting knocked down by a defensive back if he's got, you know, if, he, if he's got some running room out there and the guy comes up and, you know, and, and, and tries to, to breathe on him a little Not bit. Not even close. And this is a guy that, that knows leverage. He yep. knows leverage. He, he knows how to use his body. And I think that's one of his biggest attributes is yeah. going down the field and as a quarterback when you're throwing to a type of guy like that you're not concerned about getting the tip pass or or maybe shortening up a router he knows yeah. the to frame his body you know behind and in front of the defender and keep that football out away from his body talk about a catch radius for yeah. this guy he throws his hands up he's almost like eight foot tall yeah. this is a large human at six five he's around 250 and he, maybe it takes a little while to get going, yeah. but once he gets going, this guy can, can yeah. create space in the secondary. Yeah, the other thing about it is, you know, guys coming out from Penn State, um, you know, every guy I've been around, um, you know, Jimmy Seffel, O.J. McDuffie, um, everybody that's been around, Troy Drayton. I, I mean, everybody that I've run across, guys that have come out of Penn State, Matt Mill and all those guys, you know, they're just good, solid citizens, good, solid people, right? You know, those guys are, I went to Pitt, so it's tough for me yep. to say all that stuff. No, I'm just kidding. They, those guys are the same type of people. They just wore different colors. Yeah, uniform. exactly, yeah. They're the same type yeah. of guy. And then, hard... then over at Pitt, you had all the thugs and stuff. Well, we had all our guys, too. <laughs> we were able to get out of jail a little easier than the <laughs> Penn State guys. But I, the one thing I will say is they're all cut from the same cloth oh, in yes. terms of hard work, don't shortcut it. Yeah. Say how you feel. Be who you are. You don't have to put a facade around yeah. you. And just go to work. Go to work and do your job. That's what those yeah. guys are good at. Yeah. And that's why you go to places like Alabama and Penn State and Ohio State and Notre Dame yeah. because they get it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna hang around there. They're either gonna quit. Yeah. Or or you're gonna find a way to get it done. Those guys find a way to get it done. Yeah. Then they go in the third round. They get Jerome Baker, linebacker out Ohio State, speed guy. And you know what else? He played with Raquan McMillan. They, they, they know each other. They're going to be lined up together with each other. They've been lined up with each other. They know how each other plays. And, and I know it's a different league, and I know it's a, it's a, they're a little a yeah, year but removed. That but, but that familiarity yeah, is not good. Gonna, it doesn't go away, and it certainly is going to be an advantage. I think so. And, and for Jerome to come out, when I saw the highlights of this guy during the draft, I wasn't sure if he was a strong safety, yep. if he was a linebacker, because he's not a big guy at 6'1", 230. But the speed from sideline to sideline, run and hit, that's all he does. And can cover a wide receiver, yep. can cover a slot, can cover a tight end, can cover the running backs. Where, where has been the glaring deficiency on this football team? You could name a few of them. One at the top of the list, covering tight ends yep. and getting open as a tight end. That, that, for the that, that to me... That to me is problem one and problem two. Yeah. There's other there's other issues. Yeah, you got, Certainly, you, you know, got there's run other, defense, other you've got consistency on But I'm when now. you said you glaring, you know, I mean, put at the top of the list, number one, and you could put one in one A. Whatever Cover you like. the tight end, get a tight end that can catch the right. football. That, and that's the biggest thing. So I, I look at this draft and you know, you, you always get the draft mix. Everybody's oh, it's a yeah. A minus, well, it's a D. Yeah. Oh, it's a C minus, well, it's yeah. a B plus. It's somewhere above a C, yeah. and it's somewhere probably below an A plus or an A minus, depending on how these guys pan out. But you can take a look at this draft, each pick, and go, you know what? That's better than I thought. Yeah. Maybe that is a, a B. Maybe I, that I, is an A. I, I look maybe at that. Those... Maybe that's up there with some of the other yeah. people around the league that are, are assembling all this talent. You've got you addressed every need. Yeah. 
on this football team with, with the draft pick. And, and I look, you go down. I'm not gonna. You go down to the fourth fourth pick with uh, fourth round with the the running back, uh, Balaj. Yeah. You know, I look at him. I look at Smythe. I look at the rest of those guys. I, you don't you don't need to redo that. If you say, hey, we can redo those guys. I go, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. Good. I'm fine. I'm pretty good with those guys. We don't need to redo. You know, I, we, we no were, shuffle. You don't no, need to re, no. restack the deck here with these guys because you need a young guy that's a big running back. Yep. This guy's a big running yep. back at 6'2", 228 pounds. He's, his upside is huge. Yep. I, I think catch it out of the backfield. He can do a lot of things that Damian yep. maybe did Was in doing, this yep, offense. Yep. Uh, so I, and, I, and maybe a little better. Maybe you got a younger guy. Yep. Not a lot of, you know, a whole lot of tread. He goes to the senior bowl, felt like he was undervalued a little bit because no one was talking yeah. about him. Everybody was talking about other guys at his position. I think they did a great job in finding a running back that doesn't have a whole lot of wear and tear that has a huge upside. Yeah. And with Frank Gore being here in, in year yeah. one, we always talked about Kenyon Drake. What can he draw from Frank Gore? Yeah. Well, don't you think Kalen's going to oh, be no able doubt. to sit there yeah. and, and soak up some of, of how, I, how, to, how to work as a pro, yeah. how to run routes as a pro, how to Block, yep. pass, protect, and study as yep. a pro. Absolutely, you got three guys. Three guys out there that, that are multi-talented. They can run, they can block, they can catch the football, do all the things you need to do. Uh, but then you got a guy in Frank Gore that can be that the guy that's been there, done right. that, and done it at the highest level that these guys can really look up to. And, and you know, we we heard him when he was out. He was more than willing to to help and, and teach these guys what it means to be the type of pro that he's been during his career. And I think, I, I don't want to shortchange Frank. I think he's going to have a role oh, no, no, right, no. on no, this yeah, football absolutely. team. I think he's going to get his yep. touches. He's going to get his catches, yep. you know, pass protection, all the things that he's done throughout his career. But I do think one of his biggest roles are going to be showing these guys mm -hmm. how to go in on a, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, when maybe coming off of, of a loss or yep. maybe a short week, and how to, how to take care of your body, how to do things, yep. how to study, how to... Uh, well, look, how, how about how to heal up? I mean, these guys, you get one of these guys carries the ball 20-something times a game, they wake up the next morning and they can feel it. And you need right. to figure out how to get yourself ready to go and, and be back at full speed. Absolutely. And he's certainly a guy that, that knows how to do that. Absolutely. So I, I think the team, when you talk about Bo at the start of the show, about the last two draft classes, this one is as good or better yep. in terms of, on paper, looking at the type of athletes that we have, looking at the deficiencies of this football team, and finding out, finding quality players yep. to plug and play in year one. You go, so let's step back to uh, the early, the first fourth round pick, and we touched on it a little bit with the tight end. You go out and get a big guy in Durham Smythe, that uh, Notre Dame tight end. Now, you know, he, he could catch, but he ain't here to catch. I no. mean, this, this fulfills the... And I've heard all the, well, yeah, but, you know, if he goes well, in, in the you know, game, we're well, going to no, run no. it. No. Hey, hey, they, they love, look, Adam, we'll one, thing, tight end one thing I've known about it, two and three tight end sets, he loves the two and three tight end sets. So if you're going to play multiple tight ends, whether it's two, whether it's three, what does it matter if one's a blocker and one's a catcher? It doesn't, you know. Well, what happens when you're going up against a 5'10 corner and you come out in a three tight end set right. and all of a sudden Gesicki splits out wide? Yeah. Who goes with yeah. the linebacker? Yeah. Does the corner stay out there? What do you do? Yep. Do you replace a linebacker and put him out there? You don't want a corner in, against the run game. Yep. But if you have a mismatch now going into that set, yep. and all of a sudden you motion or change formation, the advantage is to the Miami yep. Dolphins. Yep. Look, you do the same thing. You can also do the same thing by putting two tailbacks back exactly. there. Exactly. Because they can both run. They can catch. catch. I mean, you really, you know, I, what I really like, and, and I've always liked teams where, they, where you have multiple options with the personnel 
that you put in there and you can do it. And I think the Dolphins, both at the tight end spot, at the running back spot, as well as the wide receiver spot, they got a lot of, lot of different things you can do with pairings and packages. You know, it was funny when, when Durham Smythe was drafted as a member now of the Miami Dolphins, when we had our top five at each position, we were mm-hmm. going through that series through the offseason. Yeah. I put him in, I think, as number three or number four, and a lot of people kind of said, well, who is this guy? You know, I don't even really have that much to do. He only caught 15 passes, mm-hmm. or he only did this, or only did that. I watched him at the Senior Bowl. He moves a little bit better than you think, especially in the red zone. He's able to, to frame his body just like Kasiki does. He's able to go up. He's a big guy at 6'5". Maybe he's not as fast, but I know he can catch the football. I think he was just underutilized. Yeah in the Notre Dame offense, but what they were asking well, but, but, that but, but offense look, to do. But, look, for, for really, really for Notre Dame, he was a glorified tackle. Because they had those big right. five offensive linemen, big, huge, massive linemen, and then you put him out there, and then they wanted to run the football. That's right. They wanted to do power running. for Their quarterback ran the ball well. Their tailback ran the ball well. Let's get an extra they blocker. Wanted, yeah, exactly. We got a fullback and another one at the yeah, line of scrimmage. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, there's another fit. Now, add to it the, the, the cornerback from Southern Miss, Cornell Armstrong, Quinton Poling, the, uh, another linebacker from Ohio, and Jason Sanders, the kicker. I think it rounds. Oh, look, you, you needed a kicker. You don't. You didn't have one in the roster when going into the draft. You did that, and so I, I, I just, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm now that the draft's over, man. I'm just looking forward to seeing these guys on the field and, and really watching them and, and seeing what they can do. Well, it'll be fun getting to know these guys. They come in probably in about seven days. We'll be able to interview them, talk to them a little bit about their college experience, talk to them about the draft, yeah. talk to them about their expectations about being a member of the Miami Dolphins and what the, what the thrill it was yeah. to hear their name called, number one, and now putting that behind them, getting into a playbook with all the rest of the rookies yeah. and the undrafted free agents and, and the veterans on this football team and trying to become one and trying to, trying to make this another draft class that just adds. Yeah. You know, you, you talk always in football, Bo, about stacking back-to-back plays together, yeah. you know, positive plays together. You don't want that negative play. Well, I think the Miami Dolphins, in, in the draft at least, yeah. may not have shown last year with their record, but they've stacked back-to-back-to-back now drafts yeah. where you've got quality players at a young age that can give you continuity as an organization. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's get to some of the questions that the people have got in. Thank you guys for sending your questions. And by the way, you can send them in through Twitter. You can send them in through Facebook. And we'll go ahead and uh, try to get them on in the program. At Robert Franks 32 off Twitter, I love the tape of running back Kalen Balaj but I want to see if he can do that against the NFL. He's going to need help from Gore and Drake, especially Gore. Um, look, you know, we talk about Minka Kelly or Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. I did a show the other day, and the guy kept calling him Minka, Fitz, Minka Kelly. Oh, and really? Every now and then it drops. I think, I don't, well, maybe he's not as good looking as Minka Kelly, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with, with his right <laughs> name. Anyway, anyway um, you know, you've you got, you got guys in there at that position that, uh, or that are at the running back position that can do a lot of things. Uh, and and I, I just they, they, they all have different talents and could do multiple things. And, and I think yeah, I think we talked about it. Gore and, and what he's going to do with Drake and uh, and Balaj, I think is going to be very interesting. In the tape we saw of Balaj at Arizona State, you watched him line up in Wildcat and run for eight touchdowns against Texas Tech. Yeah. Four of them were in the Wildcat formation. I mean, it was it was unbelievable to see this guy take a snap. Weave his yep. way through, touchdown. All in the red zone. So you, you have a guy that potentially can give you another formation in the red zone, potentially do some other things than just line up as a tailback. But this is going to be a large learning curve 
for any running back, even when you go to Saquon Barkley about yeah. pass protection, about identification, about being able to hit the hole a certain way, yeah. you know, other than you did it at Arizona State, other, a different way than he did it at Penn State. There's a big learning curve, I think, for running backs that people just think, oh, line him up in the backfield, let him go downhill off tackle, and we should be fine. There, there's, it's a little bit more complicated about the way they want you to hit the hole and the timing at which you do that. So a lot to learn, but I like his upside. Yeah, Marty Ridgway on Facebook. We'll see in two to three years once these players have had a chance to make an impact. All the hyperbole in the world doesn't mean squat once the players hit the field and the ball gets snapped. Well, look, it doesn't matter who it is. I can tell you this. I'd be a lot more nervous about my first-round draft pick if we had drafted any one of those quarterbacks. Absolutely. Really, the only guy that I had a full belief in was Baker Mayfield. Did you? I just liked him. I liked his personality. <laughs> I liked the way he carried himself. I liked the fact that he won everywhere. I, I mean, I, I, I liked him. Mm -hmm. I liked his feistiness. I liked all that. The, the other guys, the two guys from, from Southern Cal and UCLA, Darnell and Rosen, I, I just never, you know, eh. Darnell yeah. doesn't look like a great fit from the outside looking yeah. in to the Jets yeah. because it's almost you're putting that sur you got a surfer dude in yeah. my opinion yeah. you, you, the way he talks the way he carries himself yeah. the way he does things all of a sudden you've got the the hey bra let's get it yeah, going yeah. you know do it today or else yeah, yeah. you're your your ass is out yeah. you know that's the fan in New York yeah. and that's in the pressure of that going into it when you don't have that maybe thick enough New York yeah. northeast skin in terms of Taking the criticism, whereas out west, that's yeah, no big let, deal. Well, Sun's I, coming I know, out looks, tomorrow. Look, I grew up out west. I played all my college football out west. You win or lose a college football game out west, and, and it's about a thirty-minute conversation. After that, and I'd say, let's let's go back. Let's go to beach. Let's go. You know, it's not. Let's do. We're, we're you know how to, South Southeast Conference, Big Ten. Oh, you're 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 weak. You're weak. Miserable. miserable all ruined. week long. There, it's like, you know, uh, let's go get some Chardonnay and we'll, everything will be fine tonight. <laughs> stick, you know? our, stick our pinky up in the air and <laughs> yeah, see if it rains that's a little exactly drizzles it. a little bit. Uh, Twitter, uh, at three of a kind. Dolphin picks look uh, good on paper. Let's see how they perform on the next level. We kind of feel yeah. that. One thing is for sure, leadership and character were on the thoughts of our brass. Well, look, I think it's, that, that began during free agency. That began when they started jet letting guys go. Ndamukong Sue, uh, Jarvis Landry. I'm not, and I'm not saying that Jarvis is a bad guy. I, I don't. I don't think that Indomitian was the team guy. I don't say he's a bad guy, but I just don't think he was the team type of guy that maybe they wanted to have out of the, out of a guy like that. But Jarvis was, you know, we know all know Jarvis, but you know, I, but I do. I think this is all. I think they've got guys all. It's certainly in the very top of that class. All guys of very high caliber played at very good schools. They demand a lot. Team from you. captains, yeah. multiple years. Go down to the seventh round. Quentin Poling, team captain, multiple years. You can go through every one of these guys. Kasiki, uh, I heard a, a pre-draft interview. Hey, if you were going to go somewhere, where are you going? Well, I'm taking Big Mike with us. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that's coming with us. I yeah. think Chris Greer maybe said that yeah. from, from his press conference. So there's a, a lot of guys that you can look at. Yes, talent's one thing. Character's another thing. And you got to try to blend that together. Yeah. You hope they have that, those types of kids, those types of fibers about who they are as an individual. Yeah. I think you've got that up and down. The well, list. I know there's a lot of talk about character and leadership and all those things that are going on, but you, you got to have a couple guys out there to have a couple screws loose in them, right? Oh, you got sure. to have those guys out on the team somewhere that are. Well, I'm sure you know, these guys go into a different zone, even though they may have their shit together. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. at a certain yeah. at a certain point, you've got to turn that switch on yeah. and just be a football player, just be an athlete, yeah. and kind of go off the rails. But you don't have to go all the way off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter at Alonzo at O Alonzo 1105. 
This class has the making of one of the best in years. First and second round picks, immediate starters. Third rounder, John Baker, probably going to be a major contributor on passing down. Great job. Uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's not another guy that you're going to have a chance to challenge for that starting spot because really right now they got they got nobody There's over there. There's a question mark. Yes, it's it's up for grabs. There's a a, a spot open with a bunch of names yep. underneath it, and who's going to be able to take seventy percent? If of you want to see the dog fight in training camp, it's going to be at that <clears throat> it's going to be at that outside line linebacker. Spot. And also. You have to remember, off of this football team, yes, Walt Dakins was re-signed in the offseason, yep. but who's going to take the spot of Michael Thomas going yep. down like a bandit on special teams yep. and being the leader out there, being the young guy that can run down? Because I know you're not going to take your starting middle linebacker no. who got hurt three right. plays into the preseason yeah, he's done. and put him on, on any special teams. But you can go down that list, though. There's a number, number of guys uh, that aren't going to play special teams on defense. So yep. You need a Jerome Baker yep. that can play on third down, run down on special teams. You want a guy like Balazs that can go down and tackle on special teams yep. and cover. You may need a Quinton Poling or whoever that undrafted free agent we've been lucky in yep. the past three years to get Mike Hall. Yep. You, know, you can go down the list there You know, with Chase Allen. Yep. You can go down that list. Who's going to show up on special teams? Because that's a big part of these guys making the team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Facebook, uh, Tyler Zytek. What's the biggest surprise for you guys during the draft? Either a player we drafted or a player we passed on. Um, I, I really, you know, in our draft, this draft, I, I really don't see much of a surprise. I thought uh, Baker Mayfield there. going one yeah, that, that was, probably, a more, yeah. was a little bit of a surprise for me. Yeah. Because it only came out, but what, 24, 48 hours yes. before yeah. draft night? All of a sudden, you know, we were thinking, hey, he might slip to 11. Right. It's going to be a decision for the Miami Dolphins. Do we take a quarterback in Baker Mayfield because everybody said that's the one, you know, the Dolphins really like. But I, I thought that was a little bit of a surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, John, let me ask you this. Um, um, as, far as, um, as far as those quarterbacks and, and where they went, um, were you, you surprised at all at the – Buffalo jumping in front – to, to make that 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 move, that must have been the guy they wanted. They, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot more teams wanted. Mayfield. I, guess, I guess the point I'm getting at: Do you think the Dolphins? You think the Dolphins through this whole process had a commitment to those quarterbacks, or, uh, or was think, it a? I think they had. I think I'm with you. I think if they had a commitment to the quarterback, it was Baker Mayfield, and I think they were kind of lukewarm on every one of those other guys. I, I kind of agree. I think Josh Allen. They, they, a may, more intriguing. They, they may have because of his size, yep. because of the way he throws the football, because you think, you know what, you, if he had a play in a couple games with a limited uh, offense, a limited play sheet, yep. I'd rather go in with him knowing he could stand in there and throw it yep. and be okay in, in maybe a raw weather game at the end of the year or a home game where you just need to manage it and yep. kind of sling it out there. I think they probably felt okay with him too, but I don't. I, I think it was probably lukewarm on, on the other guys. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, Alfredo Polar. Uh, I don't understand why we took a tight end in the second and fourth rounds. You watch hey, any games last year? Game? Have you? Let me ask you. Did you watch the Did you watch the Super Bowl and see who made the plays in the Super Bowl? Or have you watched the Dolphins in the last couple of years? Did he watch us and, in the red zone? Yeah, or, or not. potentially when Alfredo, we split out yeah. a tight end. Alfredo, you you need to do a little more homework, bro. If you're upset that the Dolphins took a tight end in the second, I can understand what you're, if you're saying maybe why the second and the four, why two and within two rounds. I can understand that, but you got one guy that blocks, you got one guy that catches, and uh, and look, I again as I, I'll say it, I'll say it time and time again in this league right now, 
give me the guy that can catch the ball. We'll worry about someone worry else. About, Put Sam Young in there to block. Or do well, all, you know? actually, the way teams have been doing it is they go almost to an empty or a one back, yeah. and they eliminate the box. You have to spread out yeah. as a defense, and that's why you don't account for the tight end blocking anybody because that player is removed from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Facebook, Leon Saunders, not to be confused with <clears throat> Leon Gonzalez. Uh, a kicker, really? So you're telling me there were no kickers during free agency and you wasted a draft pick on a kicker instead of a wide receiver or safety. Someone please explain. Leon, let me try to explain because now I'm starting to think that that is our Leon that's kind of on there with his stupid could, it ass. Could be, it sounds like so, Leon. So it, give me, tell me if I'm wrong, John. I know Leon's wrong. Tell me if I'm, ahead. well, Leon's always wrong, but tell me if, and this Leon's wrong too. But tell me if I'm wrong going in that draft. I'm trying to look. I don't think we had a kicker on the roster. We didn't. No? No. But we took a kicker. Well, why would we take a kicker in the draft then? Because we needed one. Oh, we got to fill roster There you spot. go. That, how, there how, you hey, go. See, they we know, should do this more the light, often. Then the light goes on a little bit. <laughs> well, we drafted a kicker in the seventh round. Because we don't have one. Yeah. Not even have one on the roster. No. We couldn't I mean, come even walk on the streets and get somebody. Sometimes to people are jag offs when they, you know, these questions. I know. This, that's a jag off question. You're a Pittsburgh guy, that's so a jag I pull, off. That's question. a jag off move, right? That's yeah. a jag off. I don't know what right Yins are asking over there. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah. So, so if you're gonna, so you'd rather not in the seventh round, your last pick in the draft. Why not? Why not take a and they only want to see or, this guy or go or go into free agency and get one of those scrappy kickers out there yeah, that, that no one else wants. Let's get three of those. Yeah, yeah and yeah. it's probably not over yet. You're probably no, going to see two more kickers. He's not going to be the lone come, ranger. No, in the, oh, absolutely. No, no. You're going to have maybe no. two other guys yeah. come in yeah, during gonna. either OTAs or yeah. after June one or in in uh, training camp to compete for this job. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a pretty stupid question there, Leon. But you know, but keep sending them in, my friend. Hey, look at the kicking situation, Bo, over the last two years with the Dolphins. Yeah. You think you got a young guy, you draft a guy, yeah. you let him go for another young guy who did an outstanding yeah. job, he gets released. Yeah. And we were fortunate last year with Cody Parkey. Yeah. They, the Bears pay him an enormous, yeah. enormous amount of money. So now you have a question mark at yeah. that position. You try to fill it with a guy that has a strong leg and has some upside. He's done pretty well money-wise over the last few years, haven't Cody oh, Parkey? Pretty huh? good, huh? He's done all right, yeah. Facebook, Darren Smith, remember how much Jalen Ramsey has improved the Jags' defense, as did Marcus Peters for the Chiefs. Minka can do the same for the Dolphins. I, 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 so. I, I can't argue with that. No, I, I mean, I you, got a, so. you, got a, you got a guy that's a ball hawk. He's a hitter. He can blitz. He can, he can do – a guy can do everything for you. And it, and it frees you up a little bit with T.J. McDonald back there, too. Right. Where, you know, you, you can – if you have, you have all three of those guys in the game at one time, you can put <clears> T.J. up on the line. You can put Rashad up on the line of scrimmage. You know, I mean, they're just the, – the, the, the different things you can do with that secondary now. You got three – you know, I, 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 to me, Mink is a corner slash safety. Safety more so. Right. Can play corner. But you put three guys in there. Now you got one guy that's different than the other two. It just gives you different options and just different opportunities from, from – depending on what team you're playing and what you're going to face. Well, Bo, when you look at the positions on the Miami Dolphins and you would rate, okay, this guy's our best player. He's our best football player. Rashad Jones is 31 years old. He's not going – he's right. not trending younger. Now, does he play 31? Absolutely not. He plays uh, with, like his hair is yep. on fire, okay? Now, who's our next best player? I don't know. Cam Wake, what's he, 35, 36? Yeah. Uh, and then you go, well, who's our next best player? I don't know. Pick a, pick a, pick a position. Pick a player. Is it Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. He hasn't played in 19 yep. months. So, if you have an opportunity to get potentially the 6th, 7th, 8th best player on your roster as a rookie yep. coming in and being impactful that can be here for 4, 5, 
seven, eight years yep. maybe. Like like Rashad. Yep. You get a guy like Fitzpatrick. Yep. Facebook, James T. Mangual. Uh, we've added some solid pieces. Let's stay positive and avoid injuries. Hopefully McMillan comes back 100% and the defense can step it up. AFC East is getting better. Uh, we need to match talent. Well, they all got, they all got quarterbacks now. Yeah. You know, everyone stockpiled their quarterbacks this year. The Jets <laughs> got them. The Bills got them. We know what the Sid New England situation up there. And, and, and for us, you know, with Ryan Tannehill, it's, it's pretty clear that he's the guy. And, and uh, look, I, I, have all, I have all the faith in the world in, in Ryan Tannehill, A, that he's going to come back healthy uh, and, and that he's going to come back and play to the level that he did uh, back in 2016 when he had his best year uh, under Adam Gase. There's no guarantee that all these quarterbacks that were drafted in the first They're round gonna are going to come out and light yeah. it on fire, yeah. number one. And, and you mentioned play. Yeah, how, how much are they going to be able to get up to speed to yeah. be the guy? Yep. Now, you've got, you've got two teams in the AFC East that you're going to face. And you're probably fortunate if you play early against oh, some of these yeah. young quarterbacks. Yep. Yep. I know, you know, not, not having the schedule in front of me. Rather, but I, rather I, play them in week two than rather, week ten. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well, they're still trying to figure out What's what going the hell's on. going on. Yeah. pace of the game, yeah. speed of the game. Seeing the same jerseys is not like going up against somebody in week two. Yeah. You know, at practice every day. El Chapo Jr., any surprise oh, at all? That guy's always, a brain, always, brain man. trust there. Any surprise at all that the Finns didn't go quarterback at all during the draft? I, I don't think so. Because, John, I, I don't think that they, you know, there was the, their top four and then the next tier. I don't think they had any commitment to anybody in that next tier. And once those first four guys went, it was, you know, why, why waste Unless our time? Unless Baker Mayfield fell to right. the Miami Dolphins at 11, yep. the Dolphins were not going to take a quarterback if everyone was gone because at that point, there's too many needs on this football team. They're, they're, they didn't have the luxury they're, of picking the guy from Oklahoma State no, in, in no. round two. They didn't no. have the luxury of picking another guy at three because all three of these needs, the first three picks, they, that needed to happen well, regardless the other, the of other, the name. The other thing, too, is there's no, no need because – None of those guys beyond the first four were going to come in here and, and pressure and challenge Ryan Tannehill. No, they, they were going to come in. They are going to be clear backups. They were going to be on the practice the third team squad. Guy. Yeah, exactly. Now, if it was one of those other guys coming, I guarantee you, if Baker Mayfield came in here, Ryan's pressure would be up there. He'd be pushing him. But those other guys, so why, why bring him out? Why, why have him here? You're going to have guys come and go at that position, yeah. I, I would think. Once training camp happens, you'll have four at least on the roster because you need it to practice. Yep. And you're going to have one veteran backup experienced quarterback behind Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Archibald Park comes in from Facebook. This is the best draft we've had in decades. Wish we would have addressed linebacker first, but hopefully we pick up a few good phrases to sort, uh, to sort through. Um, we would have if Roquan Smith if was Raquan there. If Roquan Smith, that was it. Once that, he was gone... And then Tremaine, Tremaine he, Edmonds. Was, I, was, I still thought we may pick him. I, I, really I did. Said it I, I really did. I thought because he's, you know, he gives you a lot of, but you know, not quite as ready to plug in. He, he's as, not as, as, as ready as, Ray, as Minka. Ray, yeah, no. And, and, and Ray Quansman, no, not, not, not. He's a step below. Going to be a great football player, but wasn't wasn't a plug-in guy. And so I think we got three guys in the top of the draft that are plug-in guys and and get them playing. Um, you go, you go after that. This so. Archibald said this was the best draft we've had in decades. Greg Griffin from Facebook, average draft. This team seems to have a penchant for drafting players they think can play, they think can develop versus players who can help them win now. I don't know, man. I, I, I thought the last two drafts yep. for the Miami Dolphins were pretty good. And you could go down that roster, and it's littered with 
with players that have come out of the last two drafts yep. that are going to be on this roster. I mean, just look at the defensive line. You get two fifth-round draft choices that are going to play yeah. significant yeah. snaps yeah. Right. this year, yeah. and one did last year yeah. in Godchow. Yeah. So you put Vincent Taylor up there, you're going to have guys that are going to be playing at a high level, but again, it goes back to the last two years with the draft. I'm going to end it up with this one because you really can't. After this, you can't. Doug Bakehorn, what a, Facebook. Oh, I thought is it, it was just, Tommy Clogs. Is it just me? No, he's, he's holed up in the he's shitter. He's in the shitter? Okay. Um, is it just me, or is this the most ho-hum draft in the history of the franchise? Yes, it's just you. Outside of Fitzpatrick, I don't see anyone making an impact beyond special teams. Yeah, Doug, it's just you. We're going to play uh, 78 players on special yeah. teams on the <laughs> punt cover team this year. You know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's funny to me how, you know, look, look. maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's what – Maybe it's what this team deserves, this franchise deserves, because they haven't been as good as, as people have expected them to be for a long period well, of time. Well, you're going to get shots but, that But way. you finally got some, but you finally got, I think, a group in there that are willing, as we said earlier, let's go to ride this thing out. We're not going to throw everyone off the ship, you know, because, because we had a bad season. We're going to get going. We're going to get the right people. And, uh, and like I said, we're gonna be patient, man. Be I patient. Th- I think this draft showed a, a couple of things, and one thing is, they stuck to their needs of the football team and got the best players available at those positions. And it's, it's littered, especially the first three picks. And you could even yep. add the first f- five picks, the two in the fourth round. They got depth at positions of weakness. They have potential starters in the other two positions. Yep. You can't argue with that. John, you ever listen to this on Apple Music? Uh, well, you know what? When Joe texts me yeah. and tells me it's going to drop, I usually kind of pick it up. Because that's Joe. He just wants to know about the drop. Yeah, yeah. I usually you, pick But it you up go on Dolphins.com a lot because that's, that's you can always job. hear it on there. Yeah. Where else can you hear it on? Oh, uh, the Apple? Dolphins have that, that app, that mobile app. It's a really nice app. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I look at the cheerleaders all the time on it. And, well, I mean. And when I'm in my car, I go to tune in radio. Yeah. That's so, how yeah, I listen well, to it. Tune in. It says yeah. it all. I, or tune in. You got to tune in. Sometimes I tune out while I'm tuning in. but uh, <laughs> I'm always tuned out. I'm, I'm used to it. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, next week, uh, Adam Gase. Adam Gase is going to join us uh, uh, live on here for, uh, uh, for a conversation. Oh, that's that's pretty should good. Be, that should be fun. That's great. Um, Thanks, Coach. But if you sent shitty questions in, like uh, Tommy we're, Clogs, we're gonna Darren Smith. We're gonna, well, not Darren. Who's the one that sent these questions? The in? last, the last guy. You, you didn't like Leon, Leon. Leon. That's our Leon. It has to be. It's, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nobody's. Well, I think that's that's his, our Leon. I'm, Sorry, the Leon. We blame it on a hard time it, with this that's paper. That's our Leon. Trying to get to the other two. So Leon, wasn't it? Leon, Doug, Doug Bakehorn, and Greg Griffin. You guys are all banned. You can't listen to the podcast next week. <laughs> you're, you're on a one-week. You, you got your. You time, put them on probation. They're on one-week timeout. They're in timeout. All right. In fact, when we drop, we drop on Thursdays. On Thursday for one hour. At some point during the day, I want you guys to put your nose in the corner, <laughs> sit in the corner with a chair, don't talk to a, anybody for an hour, Good and question. then you then you can come out of timeout. I think that's where Joe was today. Timeout there. Joe Time's was on up timeout. Here. Joe was on timeout today. <laughs> you guys are on timeout. You guys can't come for two weeks, the guys I talked about. And Leon's could be banned forever. Get Leon out of here. We're done.